0: I attended Dr. Argoff's lecture on Thursday. I, I have a clinic here, I live here, and so I haven't been able to attend the whole week, but uh, I was really struck by um, all the uh, new knowledge of, of, of small fiber neuropathy. We've been treating small fiber neuropathy successfully for over eight years in my clinic, just about eight miles west of here, using an advanced electromedical device and uh, local anesthetic injections. And I'm gonna be talking about that. We also, I also use it for interventional pain medicine. Now, because it's a smaller group, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get through quickly and be good time for questions, but if not, after the lecture is over, we have plenty of time to talk to anybody outside. Um, I'm gonna be going into some of the mechanisms of how this stuff works because I don't want you to think the electricity is woo-woo. Um, Dr. Zoss, who's one of our colleagues from Hungary, has stated there's really no such thing as a chemical block. Everything in the body is electricity. Those of you familiar with Dr. Becker's work in 1982, where they, I, they they grew a, a hind limb of a frog, with, with nothing but, nothing. It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been biochemical. It it, it, it dispelled any notion that there was no basis for electricity in the body, and that's really how we run. Um, let me get started. Now, I, I, I am a minority stockholder in RST Synexis, which uh, is the advanced electromedical advice that we're talking about, but uh, no support for anything. Um, I was at the hospital at 7 o'clock the night before this happened to do anesthesia also at University Medical Center and my wife woke me at 5 and I I raced in. It's something that uh, we never forget and we really appreciate all of you coming to support this town. The nice thing about this is everybody realizes that Las Vegas is a community now because before I lived here, I thought Las Vegas, like who the hell lives there? And I tell you, it's a great place to live. And and we also appreciate uh, y'all visiting. It's also a great place to retire, which I've been told I probably should have, but that's another issue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> These are the learning objectives, and uh, like I said, I'll, I'll it, some of this stuff is really new. And uh, you know, uh, one of my colleagues, Dr. Richard Sonyard, who designed the device, is a PhD in molecular biology. Um, Dr. Robert Milney is our um, medical person. He he uh, his office. He's my doctor. He Told Medicare to get lost in 1989 when they told him that he was committing fraud by doing acupuncture. Um, of the group, I'm just a needle jockey and gas passer, so that's my other disclosure. Uh, but what we're doing is ele- electro. is electro. Electronic modality- modalities of pharmaceutical strength. The montage or the the electrodes have specific uh, specific. Uh, Type, ours are round, we have square ones, we have different uh, electrodes. Uh, some are stickies, but the ones we use are vasopulse. But it doesn't matter what you use, the montage, how they're placed on the body is important. We, can, we get pharmaceutical uh, effects. We have actually can do a stellate ganglion block with electricity. It avoids putting the needle you know, in some very bad places, which is easy to do in an SGB. And it's way, way, way more complex than TENS. These are digitally produced AC currents, sinusoidal. Uh, They have associated harmonics, which produced uh, documented benefits to the body. Now, those of you that are old enough to remember Galloping Gertie in uh, Washington State, where the harmonic of the wind was the same as the the, uh, bridge. Well, as that bridge took up energy, it eventually broke apart. I think it was so old, black and white pictures, but of course, I remember that. Actually, I remember watching the Rose Bowl in color for the first time in 1958. Anybody remember that? <laughs> All right, so, so basically uh, uh, what happens is is, 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 is that if we, will, if we will look at a nerve cell and we will go between frequencies, at some point we, will, we, we, we can get to the harmonic frequency of that nerve cell. We don't know it exactly, but cyclotron resonance theory and several other uh, super physics theories can predict the range Close to which the nerves will respond, and that's one of the ways. One of the ways we do that, for the two milliseconds that the that the wave will will dwell on that harmonic, that's when the mitochondria takes up the energy. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. FM frequency modulation at two to twenty thousand hertz is called middle frequency current, and it is a. Uh, uh, we also use amplitude modulation for the lower or 10s frequencies, and you can see the, uh, uh, the frequencies there. Carrier frequency scanning I just described, where we go back and forth between, say, 8333 and 10333 hertz. Multiplexed means we can send a complicated signal through one wire, and phase lock means that uh, the, the uh, signals are actually additive. They're not, they're not interferential. Now... There's a stimulatory and a multifacilitatory effect, which uh, we'll get, get to in a minute. Now, why does this work? Well, the body is made of electricity. Look at the nerve, 1,000 ohms. Every, every time uh, there's electric current passed in, all the signal strength, most of it will go to the, the nerve. Perhaps uh, some will go to the blood vessels, which conduct the muscle, about 20% but as you get to skin, fat, and bone, there's much less. The electricity preferentially goes through neurovascular and muscle tissue. Some of our programs directly, directly will relax the muscles through muscle, muscle contracture. That's where the devices, really, uh, devices such as this are very good for, uh, for sports medicine, for people with, with um, um, acute injuries. Stimulatory, the physiological effects are repeated action potentials, just like you see uh, with tens, for example, at 30 hertz, you can get the uh, perineal nerve to move. We've uh, helped about oh, 10 or 20 people with uh, reverse their foot drop because we, we stimulate with these. Uh, part of the program is the amplitude modulation at 30 hertz, and you'll see, you'll see the uh, foot coming up, and that helps the nerve to repair itself. Multifacillatory means the physiological effects are done with the nerves wide open. They're not opening, the, 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 the nerves are open, they're free to metabolize, the gates are open and closing spontaneously, but there's, and there's lots of biochemical effects. Um, now, by contrast, local anesthetic will lock the nerve down. It'll take that minus 70 millivolts and lock it down to uh, uh, something much lower so that there's no way an action potential can stimulate it to fire. We can do the same thing with the multifacilitatory class, but the FDA won't uh, allow us enough power that we could do, say, a local anesthetic uh, uh, block for surgery. And that's okay because we still can get the signaling effects and we can use the local anesthetics in the OR for, for, the, for their uh, chemical benefit. This is a, a stimulatory class and multifacilitatory class noted uh, uh, some of the, if you can read them, some of the uh, uh, mechanisms. And just so I, you don't think that I'm, you know, woo-woo Bob from Las Vegas, I, I'm going to go into some of these. Now, I do want to get into some of the practical applications, but again, it's, it's, uh, it's, the reason I'm doing this is not because it's my great area of expertise. I'm not a neurologist like Dr. Argoff. I'm a, you know, I'm a pain management needle guy. But I think it's important that you guys know that, that this has some basis to it. Now, physics... Approach to healing has not been recognized for a long time. In, in 1910, you may be familiar with the Flexner Report. Flexner Reports set the basis for medical education in this country, and that was good. But the Flexner Report was also, uh, uh, was also paid for by the medical industrial complex. Uh, the drug companies, the AMA, they stated that nutrition and electricity were of no use, and it set us back a long time. I was talking to Toro University Grand Rounds on Wednesday, essentially the same talk, and looking at all these kids, I said, you know, if I knew as much about nutrition, then, at your age, as I know now, I could probably live to be 120. Uh, I'm not sure if my wife would want that, but you know, that's, that's another issue. Now, this is, some of, this is what a waveform looks like. Now, these are very simple waveforms, just to give you an idea, and I'm gonna show you what the chaotic waveform with all these different things going on at the same time uh, looks like. Um, action potentials the bottom, as you probably know, when the, nurse is at, the nerve is at minus 70 millivolts, you have to have, in, in, in terms of the signal uh, amplitude and the time, has to be quick enough under the area of that curve for the, for the nerve to fire. Now, if you, if you are at a say lower, a, a lower uh, stimulatory uh, strength, and you start to go up, the nerve action potential will also go up. That's called accommodation. And that's uh, one thing that we defeat with the complexities of the the signal. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like on on an oscilloscope. There'll be a test on that uh, after the the, uh, talk. So we use electronic, we use pharmaceutical strength uh, modalities. We get absolute biological effects. I mean, those of you uh, that are drinking your coffee or at breakfast this morning, that stuff is now an electric, current in your body. Now, as I mentioned, we have various montages, various uh, places with the electrodes, and in this case, the electrodes generally only have to be put right where the pain is. And I'll get to that a little bit. Uh, The stereotactic application uh, capability, what that means is, let's say somebody has coccyx pain. Well, we can put those electrodes in such a way with the four electrodes that they will, in three-dimensional, it will cross. Uh, the, the, current, the circuit will cross and be additive right where the coccyx is. We've had some uh, experience treating interstitial cystitis, which Dr. Argoff alluded to. That's probably related to small fiber neuropathy. If we put the two electrodes in front, right over the above the pubis, and the other lateral on the, on, on the uh, behind, then the signal will cross anterior, which of course where the bladder is. Now, um, let me talk about CET now. I just talked about the electronic signaling by itself without the benefits of the local anesthetic. So when we combine this, we will increase the efficacy of local anesthetic injections. When we do these blocks on people's feet, sometimes they'll last uh, overnight, and and we use a very dilute solution of local anesthetic. Why is that? Well, the medicine is ionophoreced, or moved into the nerve, because that's where the electricity wants to go, and of course the Marcane molecule's charged. So over time, our interventions will last much, much longer. What I tell uh, my, my, the, my our our, our, our uh, patients is uh, the following story. Most of the time, we treat we treat the feet with injections and uh, local anesthetic. People who have problems with their hands, we just treat their hands with a pin connector in the back of the uh, machine, basically for free. So what happens is what happens is um, usually the hands will get better. Why? Well, the nerves are shorter. Okay, they haven't been as affected. One fellow one day, uh, once his one hand wouldn't get better, so I treated him on, on um, Monday with a block of the three nerves and the machine, Wednesday and Friday, same thing, repeated it the following week. The following week, I asked him, how you doing? Ah, you know, it's, it's not that much better. I said, let's do three more machine treatments. Three A week later, he was uh, symptom-free. And the reason here is that we're treating a chronic disease with acute interventions. You guys all know that Western medicine is great at... Uh, at acute medicine, you know, if I uh, had had S T L ele- had a STEMI and ST elevation, you know, you get me to the UMC in a few minutes and they could put the stents in. I mean, we're really good at stuff like that. We're good at infection. Uh, we're good, and, and you know, I don't want to certainly don't want to knock the drug companies because you know they they uh, uh, antibiotics uh, drugs for crazy people. I'm living proof of that. <laughs> Thank you. Drug. <laughs> uh, 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 High hypertensives you know, has enhanced our lives and made it, it helped us to live longer. But all of these drugs have side effects. All of them have side effects. We also, in our blocks, we use subsurgical doses, low volume, low concentration, and that presents opportunities uh, for uh, increasing safety. Now, uh, the treatment of uh, peripheral neuropathy actually promotes the cell healing. Uh, it, we can also replace steroids in an interventional setting. That's what I do routinely. I don't use steroids when I do my transfermental blocks. I use I use the, the electrodes. We can treat crypts. I have an example of that. Uh, Mononeuropathy, such as herpes. I had uh, uh, V1 herpes myself, and by the you know I lousy patient. By the time I started applying the thing up here, you know it went away, and I have there's no risk of PHN. Um, it also will extend the, uh, pain relief of a local anesthetic in a, in a surgical setting, although we haven't done that. Now, the, the EST in many cases cannot help the neuropathy or whatever we're treating by itself. Our protocol used to be two blocks a week with one machine treatment on Wednesday. We now do two weeks of machine only. And the reason for that is we've seen people who are getting better without having to be stuck. Obviously nobody wants to be, uh, we are doing the machine only, about 10 or 15% of people will recover very dramatically without that. And the, the, we've shown uh, acceleration of healing, we've shown nerve regrowth, which I'll show you in a minute, and hundreds, actually thousands of patients have been treated with this technique. Unfortunately, when I started to popularize it, uh, some people that weren't as ethical as uh, they might be uh, – ran with it and um, all over the country, uh, uh, they were setting up these clinics without the proper equipment and without the proper training and Medicare pushed back with some L C D so One of my biggest fights has been with Medicare. I'm actually winning now in federal court so that we can get Medicare to pay for this. A lot of neuropathy clinics, uh, th- they offer this, that, the other thing, lasers and whatnot, but they, th- it's cash. And most people with, say, neuropathy really, really need uh, the support of the government, especially since most of them are, are, are old, you know. Old guys like me in, in their golden years, I tell them that you can heal. We're going to heal you. You may not be able to heal as well as when you were 25, but you can still heal because otherwise you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be standing. And I think uh, I think you know with all the uh, emphasis on on youth uh, these days, I don't. I think people uh, tend to tend to forget to hear that. Uh, t- tend to uh, f- uh, forget that. Now, three things that this does is imitation, exhaustion, and interruption. Nerve function imitation is the lower frequencies that fire the nerve the way it should be fired, like an example with the perineal nerve. Exhaustion, uh, as you know, the sympathetic nervous system is all acetylcholine. So when we fire the nerve, when we, when, when we, when we give it the electrical signal, the acetylcholine will be used up in a matter of uh, uh, milliseconds. So then the, the sympathetic system will relax and you'll have increased blood flow, which is one of the major benefits of this. Interruption is what I talked about with the, facilit- the multi-facilitary effect where the nerves are blocked open completely and they're blocked open uh, uh, for as long as the current is on. Now, this is, these are some of the mechanisms of action. And rather than go through them all, I, I for those of you that are interested, i happy to discuss them. My colleague uh, couldn't be here today because uh, he, he had a prior commitment with, uh, 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 down at the uh, office. But... Um, the, these are some of the uh, uh, mechanisms which uh, which are all well-documented well, well documented in the literature. Uh, the um, One of the most interesting that I uh, can't w- want to talk about is the quantum effect. Uh, Post-hyperactivity de- inhibition or de- depression is what happens after the, the circuit is turned off. As you know, TENS and those other devices, they stop working, okay? But this keeps working. And as we do serial treatments every other day, the benefits will hopefully continue to march out. Now, these are some of the examples of the stimulatory. You all know about neuropeptide release, uh, the uh, endorphins. Uh, Single competition is just the gate control theory. This is uh, uh, some examples of the higher frequency, neuron blocks, sustained depolarization we discussed, Uh, metabolite redistribution, and one of the most important is cell membrane repair through the action of cyclic AMP. And as I said, all of these are referenced at the end. Uh, Clarence Cohn showed us that there's a a six-fold increase in cyclic AMP with sustained cell membrane depolarization, Uh, post-hyperactivity depression I just just discussed, the prolonged hypoexcitable state uh, popularized by Robert Schwartz. Dr. Schwartz also wrote a, a series on uh, stellate ganglion blocks and some of the beneficial effects he got from that just using just using electricity. Some of the outcomes, uh trophic involvement, the uh uh the the, the um, nerves uh, the, the signal uh allows the redistribution of some of these uh for example a nitif of infection will uh of, of protons uh will will then spread out into a volume five times its area and there's no more infection, the pH has been normalized. Gap junction is very interesting. There's a, uh, um, uh, Stuart Hameroff from the University of, uh, University of uh, Arizona in Tucson uh, has a, something called the conscious pile. It's, a, it's a, uh, actually a, uh, um, uh, th- theories of consciousness. Every 20, every 50 milliseconds we have a bing moment now, he's an anesthesiologist, a uh, brilliant one, and through something called dendritic synchrony, which works through the gap junctions, 50 times, a, a, I mean, 20 times a second, every 50 milliseconds, we have a bing moment. And that is what consciousness is. Now, I'm not doing him justice, but what happens is, is the local anesthetic gases, like Civo and those that I we use every day, they block the gap junctions. And by doing so, they selectively erase consciousness which is really kind of neat. We also believe there's a huge gap junction effect uh, of, of the electricity, because a lot of this really involves the action of the dendrites uh, going laterally through the gap junctions and recruiting other, other, other nerves. Now, synergy, is of course, holds more than some of its parts. Um, one thing I want to mention that I actually learned from Dr. Argov's lecture is the, the role of the sodium channel blocker that we're using might be greater than I thought because of the, uh, the various uh, things that he mentioned for those of you who attended the lecture, the various uh, 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 influences of the sodium channels. Um, we block pain in different ways. We, we affect the glial cells, which, of course, is the nerve support system, Uh the local anesthetic molecule we also think conv- uh, gives extra energy to the uh, mitochondria for the nerve healing. And we also used infused nutrients in there which are d- directly neurotropic. This is a summary of the basic science behind CAT. I have it in my, uh, up, up in my office, which kind of summarizes everything. Um, now, the combined block works, does not last long enough. What, how long does marcaine last? Three hours, right? It will not last long enough, or it will require too many treatments, as I mentioned before, if we just use the EST. Now, the local anesthetic block lasts only three hours, with the electricity, can sometimes last for 15 hours. And we also use only a fourth of the surgical dose. Now, I do want to mention safety. Uh, You know, these these, uh, gabapentin and and, uh, uh, pregabalin have uh, lots of side effects. Uh, I know a few people who really like gabapentin, but not very many. Um, there's r- our safety. The safety of this of this is, is unparalleled. The only way to harm somebody is if we drop the machine on their foot. Now, uh, overstimulation for the free screw episodes can cause uh, increased pain. Sometimes patients don't want to come back. And again, this is the real world part of my part of my lecture. You know, getting away from the quantum mechanics. Um, but, the, but the side effect protyle is nothing compared to uh, pregabalin and gabalin. Uh, I had a patient who came in one time who had uh, claimed that our machine burned him. And this was really interesting because he had pain down one of his legs. Well, it was down the L5 distribution. It was, it was, it was a post neuralgia. It wasn't the machine. Unfortunately, I missed the diagnosis. His primary care doctor did that, so I felt kind of foolish. Um, now, neuropathy, is where the pain comes from the nerve itself. And is, it has both types of symptoms, including uh, motor dysfunction, negative symptoms, sensory loss. Many people with diabetes, as I'll, as I'll show, don't even know they have it. Uh, these are some of the positive and negative symptoms, and uh, you can read them for yourselves there. Uh, I find one of the biggest complaints of people with diabetic and other neuropathies are the dysesthesias, the electric shocks. Now, the majority of people with diabetic neuropathy have, um, you know, are asymptomatic. Only 27% have pain. As you all probably know, many people first find out that they have diabetes after, uh, after uh, uh, feeling uh, these problems in their feet. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, objective data. I actually reinserted these slides uh, because uh, Dr. Argov's lecture, they talked about the diagnosis of neuropathy. The quantitative sensory testing has not been recognized by the government as a payable event. However, uh, I actually had the privilege of helping to develop uh, uh, A-delta NCS test in the middle 90s, and this quantitative, this, this, what this test does, it doesn't hurt, it, there is a way of measuring an output to make it a payable event and to make it viable, and I'll talk about it in a minute. ENFD, I'll, I'm gonna go through those slides quickly because you guys are already familiar with that, and uh, uh, the other QSTs that he, uh, Dr. Argoff talked about um, are also listed there. Now, the ADEL- Randy Cork in 2002 showed that this test had a 94% sensitivity to taking uh, nerve root pathology. When we measure the dermatomes, and we actually use the same thing for neuropathy, we measure L1 here, L2 here, L3 uh, at the knee, 4, 5, S1, and S2, of course, are more distal. In neuropathy, you'd expect to see patterns where the more distal nerves are, are elevated, and that's exactly what we see in most cases. So, the, the, one of my other colleagues, Peter Carney, a neurosurgeon who couldn't be here this week, uh, says that this diagnoses the spinal pain generator 91% of the time, and it accurately diagnoses, uh, uh, allows 82% of their patients to reduce their VAS by nearly 60%, and their Oswestry by 45%. Not using this test, is, mis, it results in misdiagnosing 65% of the time. 8% of the time, he has done blocks on the opposite side of what the patient complained, and they got better. Amazing, here's the pain's over here, he blocks over here, and the pain's better. That's because 8% of the time, the nerves don't desiccate. I don't have the cojones to do that, I usually will just block both sides, but I believe Peter, is a very ethical uh, uh, gentleman. This is a typical, uh, uh, this is a typical NCS test, and I'll show you here. See this? These are the longer nerves, L5 and S1 by the foot. L4 is a little shorter, four inches above the medial malleolus. S2 is a little bit higher than that. So this is fairly typical. Looks like the left side is more affected than the right side. Now these don't always correlate exactly with neuropathy. Why? Well, there's at least four nerves involved: E and F fair, and C fibers, A beta and A delta fibers but there is some good correlation. Interestingly enough, a lot of the patients that we're seeing are from, uh, are from uh, people who have chemotherapy, and um, most of those actually have normal A-delta tests. I have such a wealth of data here. As soon as these techniques get more accepted, I'd like to have people smarter than me take a look at this stuff because I think we can determine a lot more about how the nervous system works and how it can be repaired. This is uh, the the small fiber neuropathy that he talked about. I assume all of you are 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 uh, are quite familiar with this. Uh, normal on the on the left, abnormal on the right. Now, and I'll get ba- I'll get back to some of the drawings in a minute. Now, what am I doing on time? Only about fifty. Only pharmacology is only uh, pharmacological approaches is only about. 50% effective, about 38% of patients in one study with huge side effect profiles approaching as high as 60%. The cost of, of pregabalin is about 5,400 plus per year. That's about the cost of, of, uh, of our neuropathy based on, on Medicare reimbursement rates. And then, and then, you know, it usually doesn't come back. So, so the current treatments, this is actually a fairly old slide, but the current treatments are, are something like this. I mean, giving opioids for neuropathy, it just makes me groan. Although, you may recall in, in Dr. Argov's slides, there were a few neuropathy, was I mean, uh, narcotics were a second and third and a fourth choice in some of the algorithms. This only targets the positive symptoms. This only papers over the symptoms. We can actually get the nerve to heal and get rid of all the symptoms, not just the pain. Now, this is the, kind of the nuts and bolts how we do it. We have a low dose of local anesthetic uh, just prior to the application of the EST. We block all five nerves to the ankle if the ankle's involved. If only the distal toes are involved, I'll do interdigital blocks because you want to get as close to, as distal to where the problem is. We only block the involved nerves, uh, and um, we, we will block you know, usually both sides. If somebody's asymptomatic on one side, we might just put the electrodes on that side anyway so they won't get it. And again, there's virtually no risk unless we drop the machine on their foot. This is an example of a, of a stocking neuropathy where the electrodes are placed. Even if they have a stock neuropathy, we often put the electrodes a little higher anyway because we like to access the gastroc where the blood flow is the greatest. This is uh, what some of the electrodes look like. The bottom of the feet montage is usually for somebody that just have PT involvement as in tarsal tunnel syndrome. I'm going to... Tell, before, I, before I go on with a, the with a data, I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about some of the other things I use, this device, use a EST for. Cervical whiplash, sprain and strain, lumbar sprain and strain, this is muscle contracture, uh, phantom limb, myofascial pain, isolated neuropathies in the upper lower extremities, I treated myself with a V1 uh, herpes uh, three or four months ago, and also sports medicine. These treatment of spine pain, this is an epidural steroid alternative. It really is. Now, the patients have to come on Monday for the block with the electricity. They have to come Wednesday and Friday for just the electricity. So it's not as convenient as the one and done. But I get much, much better results. I have not had the resources to publish some of this. I've been uh, talking to ISIS, or I mean CIS uh, about uh, uh, about that, and uh, we hope to do that pretty soon. But. After two cycles or two weeks, we reevaluate. Now all the people in whom I started this week with this with this uh, protocol, next week they're just gonna get three days of machine treatment because I'm gonna be gone. Then I'll assess them on Monday. And then we either stop, we do, if they're 100% pain relieved, we do the machine for another couple of weeks so it won't come back, or we switch, we do something else. This has a profound anti-inflammatory effect. This is in Pain Physician, 2008, ri- written by Dr. Sonyard and I, and goes over a lot of these effects. We wrote this thing, my head was swimming, because you know, he's more familiar with the bio, uh, with the uh, cell uh, physiology effects than I am. But uh, when they accepted it, they didn't change one word. That's kind of how far advanced this is. I hope this becomes a seminal paper someday, because really, there, there is an alternative to steroids. There is an alternative to steroids. A crips patient I had, a miserable lady, uh, with a Charcot foot. Uh, we applied EST and peripheral nerve blocks, which I listed on the next page. Uh, Every other day, a sequential bupivacaine box is needed, and there was a lengthening of the time between uh, when she needed the blocks from one day to six weeks. Uh, These are some of the blocks that I did as I went from proximal to distal, and she's now, I think, uh, 12 weeks without any right lower extremity pain. This is a case of phantom limb pain where we use the electricity only. He was going to the, the patient was going to the uh, ER for, for, mon, or for Demerol shots all the time, he didn't want any blocks, so we just used the machine, it took a long time, but he, uh, we eliminated his phantom limb pain, he no longer had to go to the ER. I believe that that shows that there is a central component to this, very clearly, but uh, you know, the exact nature of which we, we need to do more investigation. This is a, a refractory myofascial pain uh, in a in a young girl who fell off a horse. She um, uh, fractured her pelvis, fractured her fibula. For some reason, she got unrelenting right leg pain. Her mom's she was from UK, and and they she was in a in a in a, um, a horse jockey training school down in southern England. They live in North Wales. We uh, she saw me on the internet, and uh, we were going to a cruise, so they met us in Southampton, England, and I brilliantly diagnosed uh, perineal nerve neuropathy. Well, they came over a co- you know, three months later, and I, the first week I blocked the perineal nerve, and a machine didn't do diddly squat. Well, guess what? Do a right, proper examination, there was a huge trigger point right about here, in the perineus longus. So we treated that trigger point, she was on 100 of uh, morphine. We got her off the short acting. She went back home and got off the long acting. Now, I had her back because she still has enough discomfort that she can't, she can't uh, participate in, in the school. This is kind of more in the sports medicine realm. And I, ha- I was using ultrasound more when she came back last year, and I, and I could see the darn trigger points, but I, it just didn't work. So I have to try to figure something else out. The serial application, the trigger point injections didn't work, but at least we got her got her life back. Uh, although we couldn't get her professional life back. Um, this is a picture of her uh, on the on the left uh, with uh, right here performing uh, racing. This is what she was like when she came to see us. And by the uh, uh, fourth or fifth week, she was uh, riding over on Spring Valley and. She and her mom and I and my wife went down to, uh, uh, down to uh, Fremont Street and those two crazy women rode the, uh, the uh, zip line. Uh, I was afraid to, but that's another story. Actually, I wasn't. So again, a little bit on sports medicine. About 30% of our patients only require the, the, uh, the device. Um, it's a profound muscle relaxation. There are some professional teams that uh, use this type of therapy all, all different types of uh, devices. Um, now, I uh, did a retrospective study from when we started in 2009, and um, for the sake of uh, cla- for the sake of uh, brevity, I left out uh, some, of them, some of the some of the other information about it. But this is some of the outcomes that we received that, that we, we found: treatment satisfaction, three out of four; sleep improvement, seventy percent; functional improvement, seventy; and relief of any and all symptoms, eighty-two percent. Now, quality of life is real important in these patients, 80%. No long-lasting complications. Not even any temporary complications. This is a, a, a poster presentation that shows that, um, and uh, we utilize uh, uh, up in the upper right-hand corner. You probably, I don't know if you can see it or not, but this is uh, the uh, neural scan of a patient. You see how abnormal it is, and see how it's tended to normalize here. That's an objective treatment. The people that pay for this stuff, the third-party payers, all of us know that uh, many of these decisions are, are political. They're supposed to be randomized, controlled studies. Ninety-eight percent of what we do is, is, is not RCTs. However, the newer technology is being held to this higher standard, so we have to play the game. So um, I think it's pretty hard to, uh, to deny that this is an objective improvement, as is the regrowth of nerves, which I'll show you in a moment. This is uh, just a testimonial from Colonel Ed Mockler, who's a decorated Army colonel. He uh, uh, developed the Marine Training uh, Center for Officers in the 70s in Monterey, and uh, he had neuropathy. When he got out of the service, it was noticed, and uh, he tried for 30 years to find somebody, and finally we helped him. Uh, To be fair, he still has pain in three of his toes, and I've tried everything known to man. Short of a regenerative medicine, but but he's you know 90% better. He's also working with vets. Uh, we met with the head of the the head of the pain management of the Veterans Administration last week in my office, trying to see uh, how much we can help the vets. So a lot of these older folks were, especially men, were were exposed to Agent Orange, which is now manifesting as peripheral neuropathy as well as uh, diabetes. Um, one of, my, one of my patients said she could walk around Red Square because of my treatment. That really made my day. It's worth more than all the money in the world. I'm losing 20 pounds per month by walking two hours a day. This guy was morbidly obese. This is probably the best patient I ever had. He had neuropathy. I helped him, and then he helped himself and was losing weight. And I, the last quote I can hear, the last quote I hear all the time, I can feel my feet on the bathroom floor. These are some of the study conclusions. CET is safe and effective for all types of peripheral neuropathy. Some symptom improvement in 78% of cases. The RCT showed that 39% of people receiving a maximum dose of pregabalin had only a 50% reduction, and at least 38, probably closer to 60, have side effects. Results are in sharp contrast uh, to the inferior symptom improvement, and the undesired effects of treating neuropathy with, with medication. And there's a p- huge potential cost saving. I don't know what percent of the American um, healthcare dollar is spent on antigenic problems. Um, I, did a, I did a redo, a uh, lap coli went, went south and I was uh, uh, helping last Saturday at the hospital. And, uh, you know, the, it was just a eight, six hour case trying to fix the common bile duct in the, in the vessels. And I, you know, with, this, with this technology, with, with, with energy medicine, there really, there really is, are very little side effects. This is uh, from one of our patients. This is an epidermal derp, derp, dermal fiber density. Was close to zero and you can see the nerve regrowth here. Uh, this is some of the clinical data. 65 year old female with diabetic neuropathy had 16 CETs in three and a half months. It does take time. This is actually almost zero and I think this is actually normal for uh, her age and, and gender. This is uh, another uh, uh, poster that uh, we did, with, which shows uh, uh, some of the um, some of the differences pre, post, pre and post in, in another patient. So drugs don't really treat the symptoms or modify the under, underlying nerve damage. Um, in this case, as I said, the symptoms are being papered over. Uh, the Pain relief is obtained at a tremendous cost as exhibited by the opioid epidemic now. Now, the savings to to one of our patients over three years can be $16,000, 16.2K if you take away the fact the patient doesn't have to buy buy the medications or somebody has to buy the medications. There's a real savings there. So, this is a condition that up until now, neuropathy hasn't really been treatable effectively. Now, the, the, other, the next three quotes are actually from national conferences, from, from very well-respected speakers. Drug treatments don't relieve the pain completely in the majority of patients, and most have significant adverse effects. Interventions aimed specifically at nerve regeneration may need to be employed. Current drugs have no benefit for the underlying nerve damage. We have witnessed failure after failure of clinical trials of disease-modifying drugs. So we, we believe that the future is now. We believe that uh, with, with energy-based medicine techniques, we can help a whole lot of folks. I've emphasized neuropathy here, but I also touched on some of the interventional, some of the interventional techniques. Um, EST, laser therapy, ultrasound. Um, one of my clinic, a clinic I'm associated with in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, they actually are using regenerative medicine in addition to ES- CET and then at night they're sending the patient home with a light therapy. Dr. Milne invented something called MVT therapy. It's a handheld device that the patients use at home. They achieve great results. The visible light will go in the, uh, inside the uh, uh, skin probably uh, half a centimeter, 170, depending on the wavelength. And these people use this at home and it can enhance the whole healing process because it's healing process. When you do a block and a machine treatment on Monday, I think those effects are being felt two weeks later, as I illustrated with that, that guy with a hand. Now, this is a definition of bioenergetic medicine, and based on Einstein's theories, these concepts can be integrated into a comprehensive approach to disease management, prevention, and treatment. You know, um, we, have a, we had a poster, if any of you saw it, number 88, which talked a little bit about that. Uh, Einstein says we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we need when we created them. Then Schrodinger said life at the cellular level is all quantum mechanics, pure physics and pure chemistry. So now over 50 years, the use of electric currents and principles of physics haven't selected patients results that are superior to pharmaceuticals. Uh, We have, what we're trying to show now is that instead of using evidence-based medicine, let's use evidence-based medicine with ethics. That means evidence-based medicine, you know, utilizing uh, utilizing the patient, thinking about their 60% side effect profile. This has been reflected by numerous speakers around the country. We need a different we need a different approach, and it's not always pharmacological. Now, we're in the process of forming the Bioenergetic Research Society. Uh, and uh, again, anybody that has any interest in giving your name and uh, email address, we'll certainly let you know when we get started. We're going to probably start out with a user's meeting of the electromedical device that we utilize. But uh, And we gen- we're Las Vegas-based, so we generally meet here, which, is, which is, isn't all that bad. But um, I invite anybody interested to uh, email me. We're, we're, we, in this society, we want to admit everybody, you know, the, uh, the laser people. Um, I went to a laser conference four or five months ago, and I have to admit that, um, unlike unlike here, where I d- have had, do, we do have some studies, most of their uh, stories were anecdotal. Uh, you know, it, it, we have to start somewhere. We have to get the you know the funding. We have to get the large organizations. The, uh, um, I'm talking to the VA now, and I'm, I'm going to be talking to the VA in Birmingham about perhaps funding us a, a, a study. You know, where we do have uh, a couple different arms, so it is randomized. To, to really show how, how uh, o- over a large population this works. When we do these studies, um, I, I attended a lecture about three or four, three or four uh, weeks ago uh, at the World Academy of Pain Management Ultrasonography, and, and a guy named Esser, one of the best lectures I've ever heard, he's talking about his research hat and his clinician's hat, and sometimes they're not equal. For example, when we do an RCT, we're not going to be able to give. Uh, we have something called nerve one. It's like metanex. Uh, we're not going to be able to give that. We just got to use the electricity and the uh, and and the uh, blocks per the protocol. Now we may have a couple of different wings, but if you're wearing your clinician's hat, you do whatever it takes to get the patient better. I'm kind of a kind of a clown um, usually, but we have a in our office. We have a big area where we treat the patients and these old, older folks and the younger folks too. They old talk to each other and have stories, and it's great. I mean, the placebo effect is 30%. Hell, I don't care, as long as they get better, I don't care what effect it is. That's the real world that we want to address. Because I'm telling you, these folks with neuropathy, um, you know, their, their, uh, their, 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 their last years, their 10, 12, 15, 20 years, uh, can be made infinitely better uh, through this. That lady couldn't have gone to, to uh, Russia without the treatment. And there's just many, many, many stories about that, and these are some of the references. Um, I think we have a few minutes for questions. Uh, yes, ma'am. That's a that's a great question. Uh, we actually some people aren't on it because they it never really helped them. We let them self-regulate off. And the reason we do that is because if you're an animal or a human, you look over a, a ledge, you know if you can jump off it. People know when they can throw away their, their canes, their walkers, and, and as long as they know how to taper the drug, we just give them vague guidelines, and they generally do really, really well. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, I just went. Can I come work for your group? Sure. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, that's interesting. Um, we have had success with this device just generically because migraine is overused. I'm also starting to do the sphenopalatine ganglion block, and one of my colleagues in San Diego is using the device with uh, occipital nerve blocks. And that's something we're starting to get into. We've run a few ads, and we haven't gotten too many headache people yet, but uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it's a huge opportunity. And I think that Dr. Argoff mentioned uh, something about... Uh, A small fiber neuropathy is associated with people with, you know, quote, migraines. But headaches are a huge problem. Unfortunately, um, my wife has a headache, but I I just can't seem to get rid of that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, is this being uh, recorded? Yes. (laughs) Am I in trouble? Yes, ma'am? How long does the pain relief last? That's a great question. 30% of people come back after six, nine months, two years. And usually you only have to use the machine. The other 70 percent don't come back. That doesn't always mean that they're better. I remember being in an ice, sorry, CIS meeting one time when just because your patients come back doesn't mean they're not they're better. So we understand that. But only 30 percent return, and usually all they need is the ESG. The reason is is because they already they know what they have. We don't have to get out the big guns. Do you have to do any diagnostic tests before you come to a conclusion? needs this? Treatment. Well, that's a great question. I'm a needle jockey, as I said, and gas passer. So, you know, I want to look at Dr. Argov's and, and make sure that when I send patients out for diagnosis, they have that laundry list of blood tests. We don't do that. If the nerve test is positive, reasonably positive, we also do an ANS1 test, a sweat test, for the efferent C fibers. If those are positive, we'll go ahead and treat them. A lot of times people get neuropathy, by the way, from trauma, they'll have back surgery, instrumented back surgery. But if their symptoms are distal and symmetric, distal and symmetric, then we'll, we'll just go ahead and treat them. Why do we do that? Well, first of all, it's easy. My mid-levels can do the blocks. Second of all, there's no risk. You know, I can forget about them for three months until I have to address their back pain and think. I, I'm being facetious, but, but it's, it's a lot of times we treat from distal to proximal. And we had one guy in the clinic, uh, he was a bosun's mate in the, uh, in the army, or in the navy, And he had about five things wrong with him, and we fixed them all. I mean, it's not not always that way. But one thing in the clinic with the application of, of electricity, you only can do so many body parts at a time because we only have so many electrodes. People have to be patient. And that's, you know, this is a chronic disease. Chronic diseases we're treating, chronic pain, neuropathy, whatever, and we're treating it with acute means. And it's the serial application. The patient that gives me excuses why they can't come each week we quickly will discharge them because we don't want to waste their money or other people's money. Yes, sir. That's a, uh, uh, I can discuss afterwards. Uh, uh, Medicare, as I said, is pushed back and for neuropathy itself, there's a bunch of LCDs to make it, uh, to make it uh, very difficult to get paid. In this area, we're, we're getting around it using, uh, we're legally by using what the RCTs, R- what the, RCTs, uh, what the L- LCDs allow. One of them is cramping, and I, I leapt for joy when Dr. Argoff mentioned that cramping was a, a common symptom, which it is. So we're, we're, doing, we're doing that perfectly legal. We're also actually in federal court right now to try to make the administrative law judge's decisions that upheld what I do stick, because uh, Medicare just doesn't pay any attention to that. That's another whole part uh, of, of this, uh, this struggle but believe me it's it's really worth it. i just as soon jump off the stratosphere as quit because uh the folks' lives are changing now if we were doing you know instrumented brain surgery where there's a lot of side effects i wouldn't be as excited. But the fact that there's you know, there's no, there's no uh, side effects is what really really uh intrigues me now if i'm doing a if i'm doing a block let's say uh oh let's say I want to do a, a um, a, a block of the uh, of the uh, of, of the um, uh, ganglion. What I'll do is I'll 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 put the needle in under fluoroscopy, but I won't go into the framing I'll stop short. I put the medicine there, the local, and it'll be ionofresin. We've had some benefit with that, some luck with that. So you don't have to get the needle to a dangerous place. You can do some of this stuff in the office, as long as the needle is fairly close. And that's that's kind of cool because remember, it's all about safety. It's all about safety. Um, Yes yes ma'am yes yes we've we've already uh, i did it myself to v one uh we've had a few patients that have benefited from my approach where I've just gone in uh stopped short of the frame in a valley injected so I could do it in the office without an i v uh also you can block the peripheral nerves you know here and here, and you can do those individually. And, and that, also, that also works. You put the electrodes right where the problem is. It's simple as that. I have a patient right now, and I don't know what happened to her. I saw her about it two weeks ago. She happened to think she has ear pain. I think she's on vacation or away for three weeks. We're gonna block the posterior auricular nerve to see if we can get rid to that. She's had every study known to man, and she has no, uh, uh, couldn't find anything. Um, these, this, these techniques are obviously good for mononeuropathies as well. I've emphasized the polyneuropathy. Yes sir. how far does the electric stimulus propagate in the body? Are there any I didn't hear, I'm sorry. How far does the electric stimulus propagate in the body? Are there any I guess theoretical long-term adverse effects from off-target? There is no adverse effects as far as we know because we're mimicking what the body doty does. With the stimulatory, the multifililiary fililiary is opening up the nerves and healing them. I don't know how far north, when we're stimulating the feet, the effects go, but we do believe they, 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 they go central. In fact, with the, uh, with the guy with the phantom limb pain, they had to go central, because a lot of the theories say that the central organi- the organization is in the homunculus. Yes, ma'am, bend back. No problems, it's, it, it, it's officially we're not supposed to do it, but I do it all the time, it's never a problem. I do, I also have a, a, a ring, a, a magnet in my office. Yeah. Well, EMG, as far as I'm concerned, is a waste. They really should get a neural scan because neck pain is, is a sensory nerve. And um, I'm glad you asked that question. If the neck pain is, uh, if the neck pain is, um, uh, a lot of neck pain is facet. If we have a normal neural scan, the A-delta fibers are all normal. That means it's either myofascial or facet, okay? In the low back, it's myofascial, facet, or SIJ. If they have a significant hypoesthesia or a peak, say at uh, C7, then we could do a C7-T1 interlaminar block. C7 nerve is where the problem is, the C6-7 Inner space. That's how we make the diagnosis. So I can I can do the nerve test and then I can bifurcate my treatment very clearly. And some of the time it doesn't work. Every once in a while we have to go to the other and it works. But and that that's true of anything. But but in this case it's a very nice way of logically approaching, you know, the, a patient's problem. Is it coming from the disc, nerve root, or is it coming from myofascial facet, S I J, etc.? We have to one more. Of what? Oh, I can't. I can't say. This is a CME. There's lots of machines out there, and you know you can take your choice. But uh, all right. Anyway, I'm told we have to. Thank you all so much for your participation.